We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. Again, myself, Mark Crosswood, Lou Stagner and Greg Chalmers. We're going to be talking today um, club face control. A great question here from HODL is his name. Um, talk about club face control and what it ha- and if you have this control, nothing else matters is basically his statement stroke question. We're going to talk about club face control, what it means, how can you control it, do you understand how club face control works, those kind of ideas. A good one for learning today. Right, Lou and Greg, welcome. How are you both doing? All good. Wonderful, mate. Uh, Looking forward to this one. I, I um, I'm not very good at this. Yeah, uh, I got to be honest. You're a PGA Tour player. Not, uh, relative to my peers, I'm not very good at this. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I like. Okay. I, I got to learn some stuff. Well, if you came to learn from me, you're in trouble. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Champions Tour is out of the question. Yeah. So club face control, we're talking about, well, we'll, it could be so many things, club face control, because it's three-dimensional club face control. So it's going to be, if it's pointing at the target, like left and right, it's going to be loft. So if there's more loft, less loft, the loft that you deliver. Um, but it's also lie as well. And they're all intertwined. So they're all linked together to affect each other. Um, club face control is really interesting. I like this question. Um, I would put my club face control down as quite high. So I, I, I launched one that was really interesting when they came along. Um, I was quite quickly able to kind of produce any number and independent of each other. So someone would say, change the dynamic loft, but don't change the club path bang, I could do that within one or two shots. And then they would say, change the path, but don't change the face or change the face and the dynamic lie, change the lot. Like I could pick numbers out and find them quite quickly, which I quite enjoyed. But doing it at the very slow speeds I was doing it at, that didn't really mean anything. It looked quite good on a launch monitor, but out on a golf course, you could have people with less control, but were hitting it way further and they were going to be better players. So it was an interesting unfortunate wake-up call for me launch monitors really showed me that maybe i'd kind of got my practice wrong the bit i thought that was the bit club-based control like controlling all those angles was it and it obviously is a big element of it but doing it at a speed that's not fast enough was a bit of a heartbreaker it was like oh i got that wrong didn't i because i grew up in a faldo era where you know he probably still says it's all about club-based control now with some of the things i see he posts um Clubface control for you, Greg, will come to. Lou, what does clubface control mean to you? 
like as a golfer yourself personally? I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just, that's where I start with that. But yeah, to me, um, I I think of it as um, left right. Um, so am I? And for me, that's my biggest. That's my biggest problem. But I understand what you're saying about how they're all intertwined. So for me, it's it's. Um, did I leave the face um, seven degrees open with my driver at impact? Typically, not going to uh, you know hit the ball where you're looking when you're doing things like that. And so that's what I think of when I think of club face control. Am I just, how, where is the face um, open or closed and how much? And is it functional given, you know, what my path is and the relationship to that? Um, but I also think of it too, in terms of, again, in context of my game. Um, and I think this is somewhat related is, is position of, of ground strike. So where am I striking the ground with, with my iron and am I, hitting an inch and a half behind it, an inch behind it. Am I hitting two inches in front of it? Um, and, point, and I know yeah. that's a little bit different part yeah, it's club of the equation. Control, isn't but, it? it's your, that's still it, club delivery, so it's a great yeah. point. It is another yeah. aspect. Low point control, basically. Yeah, and then, and then you know, face contact as well. Like, you know, I, I can be a pretty heel-biased person. Um, and um, where am I striking it on the face? And, and we've had... Um, we had Adam Young on here a while ago, um, and that's, you know, those are things that he talks about quite a bit. Um, I forget exactly how he describes them, but those are the three things that are extremely important. Um, and those are the things I try to work on quite a bit in my practicing um, to get better overall club face control. It's interesting that you say club face control for you is predominantly left and right. So as people would understand as open and closed, I think you mean that. Yeah, you? for sure. Um, because the ones that are open, so right for you as a right-handed golfer, surely they go, if struck appropriately, they've got too much loft on them as well, haven't they? Yeah, typically. Yeah, right ones typically go Yeah, a little bit high. And that's why your shot pattern, when you look at somebody's shot pattern, that's why it's an ellipse. And if you're a right-handed player, it's typically shorter on the right, longer on the left. When you miss it right, you tend to have an open face that ad loss doesn't go go as far. And when you miss it left, you've probably shot the face a little bit. It's going to go a little bit farther. But what's interesting Um, with that, though, which is so an open face doesn't give it more loft. An open face doesn't have more loft. An open face twisted in the way that adds more loft does give it more loft think about put your golf club in your heads now down in front of you okay so you put the club down in front of you and the leading edge is pointing at right angle to your target line so zero we're going to call that straight so everyone's got that picture you're down in address position the handle's kind of opposite your lead leg you know so normal address position and that face has a set loft and it's pointing zero straight so not open If I simply push the handle forward of me, okay, so I just push the handle forward of me and I now make that club point straight in front of me, so not straight, so 90 degrees right of where it was pointing, that club hasn't got more loft, it's just pointing 90 degrees right. Does that make sense? Anyone watching and of you can see this, I'm going to do this for you, Lou, that's straight. If I just twist the club that way, it hasn't got more loft. It's just pointing 90 degrees right. So how you make that face point right is what adds loft. Because adding loft is twisting it around the axis of the shaft. That's what's adding loft. So you twist it around the axis of the shaft. So if you hold the grip end and twist it around like a bottle cap, 
that adds loft and points it to the right. Simply pushing the handle forwards doesn't add loft. It, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It just stays the same. So under- yeah, are you, uh, Mark, does that make sense? To simplify, that's yeah, hard simplify a video. In my head, in my, it, yeah, in my head, you know, it sounds like what you're saying is if you have shaft lean, yeah, you, can, you call- can have an open face at impact with shaft lean and you haven't added loft to that. Or taking it right? off. You can just sustain right, loft. Right. Or if you dump the club and kind of scoopy, kind of the, you know, the old term, scoopy, that, that's add, that can add loft. The shaft's not lean. Is that what you're talking about essentially? Well, yeah, this is where people don't think in three dimensions where this is going right, to get okay. really funky yeah. on a Are we gonna, Okay, okay. <laughs> Because if you flick, I don't know it, if I want to know this. Well, if you flick <laughs> it forwards at the bottom, you know what you're saying: dump it, handle back, and you flick mm. it forward. If the face is at zero, and mm. you flicked it forward of the top half, you've added loft. Yeah. But you've done that by twisting yeah. it around the axis of the shaft and then leaning the shaft back. Because the All same right, works yeah. if you push the handle forwards. If you equally push the handle back, so the face now points at you. So you hold it in your trail hand and just move it back so it's 90 degrees now the face is now pointing at you. That club face hasn't changed its loft. It's the same loft, but it's now right. 90 degrees right. closed. So how yeah. you are delivering what Lou said at the start, the open face, is always the bigger question than it's an open face. So always the thing I do with golfers when they're talking about their club face and they say, oh, I slice it and I lose it off to the right, whatever they do, I say, well, how do you get the face the point to the right and they don't really know and then we measure i say look you're doing it by adding loft because you're twisting it around the axis of the shaft so that way for anyone watching around the axis of the shaft there that adds loft points it to the right but i could lean the handle back now and point it as it point the face straight but it's now got loads more loft when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is that Lou? Are you right. with me or have I lost you? Does that make any sense? Um, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I didn't because if I lost you, I'd lost the audience. I because you're you're the audience. No, no, <laughs> no. Because <laughs> when you start talking in three dimensions on the golf club, people just get so lost. So, at the height of my teaching career, when I was teaching full time, I stopped calling it open and closed. I started to try and relate it more to loft because the biggest thing that you get with club face control, as we said in another pod. Um, is people can't control loft delivery. If you can't control loft delivery, the chances of getting the face right is really hard because loft Mm. is basically twisting the club around the axis of the shaft for most people. Think about it that way. So like you would in a bunker, we know where you twist the face open, you're twisting it around the axis of the shaft and then gripping it. So if you imagine hitting a bunker shot straight, forget obviously lie because you've got a lofted club. Let's pretend the lie didn't affect it you would flick every shot forwards, wouldn't you? The handle would be back of the head to get that club face back to zero. Because it's just open, isn't it? You're twisting it around the axis of the shaft, so you add and off, which points the face off to the right. Obviously, with a bunker shot, you lower your handle, and that's the three dimensions of the face. But if that was the rules of golf, so I've done it with so many students, it's funny, where you get them pointing the face 20 degrees right and tell them that they've got to hit it straight, they all try and flick it, because it's the only way to make it functional. 
So when people come to me saying, oh, look, I flick it at the bottom, I dump it and flick it and my club goes forwards, it's poor loft management. Generally nothing else. They practice getting more lag and getting their handle forwards. That just points to face further right. You've got to get them to take yeah. the loft off. The handle wants to lean forwards because do it the other way. If you now set yourself up, the club and everyone listening, think about this. You're in setup position and the face is at zero, pointing at target, and you've got five degrees of handle lean. So the face is the handle's just forward of the face, like you know your standard setup position. If you now go and point the face 25 degrees left, way closed, the easiest way to square that face up back to zero is either to twist it 20 degrees back to zero. But if you're not allowed to do that, the other way of doing it is you'll push the handle forwards. Mm. And then I get yep. the face back to zero. Yeah. So it's understanding the loft you deliver in relationship to if the face is open or closed is the key to fixing your club face control. Most people just do what Lou was saying there at the start is they go, oh, my face is open and they think that's one thing. It's how is it open is actually how we progress here. Otherwise, you're going to be going how to control my club face on YouTube and people are going to be telling you just stuff that isn't related to you, basically. So how are you relating or how are you opening that face is always being the key question for me and my students, which, like, it blows their head off at the start. But as soon as they get it, the massive advances that you have with golfers is crazy because they're thinking about the golf swing in a way they've never thought about it now. They're like, wow, yeah, I didn't realise I could open that face. You can actually do it in three different ways if you think about it. You can twist it around the axis of the shaft, open the face. You can just push the handle forwards. That would open the face. Or you can change the lie because the lie, more upright yeah. will point it right and more flat will point it left. So you've got three tools that you've got to work with. Most people are working with one. Is my face zero when I hit the ball to where I want it to start? That's a tiny part of, of the bigger picture. Um, so if we talk about club face control then for you, Lou, and I'll ask the same question for you, Greg, in a second. We'll go to Lou first. If we put the club above your head, like you make a back, so if you were stood there now, you had a golf club, you put it above your head, would you be able to illustrate, so you'll have to articulate, where the face needs to be for you to take loft off or add loft? So if I was to say, I want you to put the club above your head, and what would be the best position to get your face into to take loft off at impact? How, what way would you orientate that face? You mean, what do you mean by above my head? Like top of my backswing? Yeah. So the club's above your head. It's behind you. It's like back up here in the yeah. top of your backswing position. You can't see it is what I'm saying. So you can't look at it. You've got to yeah. feel, uh, know where the face should be. I yeah. want you to hit with less loft. What way would you twist that face? Um, I mean, you're going to control. I think you're going to control all that easily through um, wrist angles. And I know, People can't really see this, but if I'm back that way, I'm, you know, I'm putting flexion into my lead wrist and that's going to close the face up. Okay. So flexion and for people who don't want to know, who don't know what flexion is. Yeah. So bowing is old school term. Bowing. Yeah. Bowing. Flexion not, is the not cupping, but yeah. But, yeah. 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 But putting your left wrist in flexion. Yeah. And the more flexion you have, the more the face is going to close. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a great, and Greg, I'm, I know you would say the same to that. You very much can feel and understand Absolutely. That. Yeah. The amount of students that you get that you ask that question and they don't know used to just blow my socks off. They would know, right. they would come into lessons and tell me what shaft is best for them. You're, you're talking to a stat hole here, man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Someone who does put a little bit of love into their game for sure. Yeah. yeah. You'd be amazed at the amount of amateurs that you ask that question to that they don't know. And I just think, cool, that's, that's quite amazing to have that 
lack of awareness of where the face should be because the club face. Yeah. yeah. Greg, I'm sure as you swing the club around your body, even though you can't see it, you have, and even though you might not even hit those positions, I'm pretty sure you have an awareness of where that face should be at different points for you to produce whatever shot you're trying to produce. Is, is that fair? Yeah. So I would say I've done it in my career. I've practiced what Lou's talked about quite readily, face control right to left, yeah. rotation of the face. Oh, is it open or closed at impact, blah, 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 because my path is reasonably neutral most of the time. Yeah. Um, and it's always kind of been that way. I've probably been a little bit inside in my career when I was swinging it terrible. But I would say that where I struggle is I can hit it quite straight on the range and I really struggle to, struggle to marry that up when I go out on the golf course. I struggle with the, the, what, the club face control I have on the range doesn't seem to get me out on the golf course sometimes. Um, and part of that, what I learned was I wasn't practicing how I played. And I wasn't playing how I practiced. Um, I like to hit left to right ball flight. So I just started to practice that more. Basically, I, I enjoy um, moving the ball more than a draw. Yes, for, you, a draw I, for me, for a draw. Yeah, yeah, lefty draw. For me, I enjoy seeing that ball flight more than, and I feel like I can be more comfortable aiming in the spots that I have to aim for that, uh, feels safer. I don't know why. I can hit the prettiest, straightest thing, have great control of my hands on the range, and I just can't – it doesn't translate when I go play. And I've always struggled with that in my career, and I've been a perennial hooker of the ball. Yeah. Um, so the guys that I play with I, I, that that can change, you know, half a degree or degree of club face or path to get the flight they wanted, have been amazing. I'm always amazed. And, you know, I'm talking about people like Tiger and Tom Watson and Freddie, you know, people I've played with that have just been brilliant at it in their career. Because um, I think we can all do Bubba Watson at our level very well, like move it massive yardages left to right and right to left. Yeah. And maybe not at Bubba's level, but you know what I mean? Like it's easy to move yeah, the yeah. ball hooking around trees for us and things like that. It's not that easy to only move it two yards, particularly as you get uh, you know further and further up into the, into the bag yeah. um, and the face gets straighter. So, yeah, that's my – I'm more on loose. I, I never did what you did where you, hey, let me – let me even with the advent of technology, I never – let me change light angle. Let me change different things and experiment. I never really did that. I, I'm more, yeah. let's just go hit ball flights and see if I've got good hands today, if you yeah. want to put it that way. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, that's a classic. That I do that because I'm a coach, as in, so as soon as I get, if I get any new tech... I want to be able to move every number myself because as soon as I get a student that needs to move one of the numbers, I need to have one reference point. If someone else hasn't, you know, I've not moved someone right. else that way. I need to have at least one sentence to say, well, when I did it, I felt this. And that's a starting block to then build with a student and they start putting their sentences in. So what I mean by that is when they successfully move it, I'd be very quick to say, what did you do then? And they'd say, I felt this. And that goes into my black book of phrases. Okay, when I get someone else and they need to move that number, I did it this way. Student Y did it that way. Student X did it that way. Oh, look, there's a pattern. Like 
you know, there's a bulk of people feeling this and there's a few fringe ones. So I'll drop the fringe ones and use those bulk sentences. That That's why I would use the tech that way. I did exactly the same with my force plates. How can I shift verticals? Like if I can't shift verticals, how can I get someone yeah. else to shift them? I, I haven't got one sentence to say to start moving their vertical forces. How can I shift horizontals? Well, if I can't shift mine, I'm, I, I can't. I'm not, I've got to have a basis to start from. Is why I would use them. I guess. I guess my biggest my biggest question to you is that because I'm new to coaching, I'm 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 still developing that skill and and I still want to play essentially. Yeah, so yeah. I haven't really put two feet in that door yet, but. I, the only thing I've ever done as a drill to work on club face control, other than if I have no technology, yeah. is is I, I do little hip-to-hip -hip swings. They're pretty smooth, and I try and change ball flights based on that. Yes. And only, you know, I'm hitting 50 or 80 yards. I'm going to ask, ask you today, what drills have you seen or done that help people? Other, assuming you don't have access to technology, is there stuff that they can do to understand what, Okay, this this helps with my club face control. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain patterns. I mean, start direction is your best one because basically, I don't know. So you what... can put a stick out in front and things like that. Stick and start, out in front. Put your golf right bag out left. in front, so you've yeah. got a reference. Just whack a golf club on the ground out in front, lying on the floor if you don't want to hurt it. Put a golf if you're on a mat at a range. Put a golf ball out in front of you, and then see which direction your ball starts in relationship to that subject to you've got to work strike into that because it'll affect it but if you've got a half average decent strike where did that ball start the direction that's going to be very close to pretty much where your face was pointing i don't know the exact numbers now we up to 82 87 or something face direction is where the ball starts i can't remember the exact number now yeah it's about there yeah, yeah. It's, it flickers subject to who's done the latest study basically um, so yeah, start direction is a great key place launch window. Like I was saying to Lou earlier, he says he struggles with the face, what he would call to the right open. Um, well, is it going high that way or is it going low that way? Because obviously that will give us some indicators to, if you've got handle way forward, not adding loft, or you'll just handle forward and twisting around the axis of the shaft. So you're, you're adding loft. If you're adding loft, then we'd be looking at wrist angle ideas. So wrist angles, think about what Lou said earlier. Bowing, cupping, extension, flexion in your wrist, lead wrist. Um, and then even down to changing grips is a great way of controlling face. So many face control issues for golfers do stem to the way they hold the club. It's such a, a basic premise of how your intention of swinging that club will keep going forwards. Um, and I mean, the best, the, the, the best club face control drills is being able to go both sides of whatever discussion you're in, I used to always say to students. So I don't care if you settle like you wanted Greg hitting a draw, and I don't care if you settle wanting to hit a fade, but good players can hit both shape shots when they need to. They don't often do it, and amateurs barely ever do it or should do it unless there's something in the way. But having the awareness of where the face is in relationship to a path when you deliver it, which allows you to shape the ball in the air... Now, I don't care if they hit target. I just want, when you say you're going to hit a draw, you can hit one, meaning the face was closed to a path and strike being somewhere near decent. Um, if you have both ends of the argument, it's always easier, I think, to find the middle ground. It's easier to be more rounded with your discussion. I always So for me, it was always about getting people to be able to do both sides of a face control, open or closed to whatever path, and then working out what pattern they need to sit in. Because if you're going to make so i did a golf school very recently in savannah with andrew rice and, and um 
Matt Lockie, who I film with. Um, and lots of those students, we're ranging from eight handicaps up to much higher handicaps. You know, you're working on two, four degrees. If I can get them within four degrees of zero with their face, two degrees of zero with their face to whatever zero needs to be for them, we're doing all right. If I was working with Greg, you know, we're going to be talking no more than one degree, half a degree. I want you to be able to control that face, you know, to tiny amounts. So doing extremes for students, certainly ones who aren't, when they've got four degrees to work with, I want them to be able to get it six degrees closed, six degrees open, and then just try and find some middle ground, which often sits around two or three degrees within a tolerance of where their face needs to be to hit some kind of target. Um, so definitely things in front of you. The other big thing to worry right. about as well is people confuse strike with face. I, I'm shocked at like, the amount of people still. I, I must have done a million lessons telling people strike. So important. Yeah, I want to, I want to, and it feels odd for me to give advice to a PGA tour player, uh, somebody who was ranked what 50th in the world at your peak. I'm all um, ears. Luke. I'm um, all so ears. we had a guy in the podcast. I'm actually all ears. A, I got big ears, but anyway, we had a, we had a, <laughs> we had a guy in the podcast a year, about a year ago, Dr. Rob Gray. Um, he, he teaches, he's a professor at Arizona state. He teaches uh, motor learning skill acquisition. And, you know, Tiger's nine box drill, um, where you is an amazing way to, to learn club face control and be, and Mark was kind of speaking to, to that just now. And, and there's another teacher out there that does a lot of work in this space. And I think this is going to end up being pretty interesting, but he has, um, occlusion glasses, essentially glasses that you put on and they are Bluetooth connected to an app. And your coach, and, and I think they're eventually going to change this where the app listens for contact to the ball. But as soon as you make contact with the ball, um, they flick the switch on the glasses and they go completely dark and you can't see through them at all. You can't see anything. And so the purpose behind that is for you to stand up there, hit a golf ball, not be able to see at all what that golf ball is doing. Because you can, as soon as you hit a ball... Like you're, you're visually, you're going to be able to look at that ball right away. And within the first couple of feet, you're going to have a really good idea. Like what, where it's going, how it's moving, what it's going to do. Um, Remove that from the equation and then say, okay, Greg, I want you to tell me what just happened with that shot. Um, And you have to say what just happened with that shot. And that will really help you to tune in to, you know, what's going on with your body. And that's kind of along the lines of like the very first drill that I did when I started working with Jason, where I had the 60 degree wedge, I was trying to keep it launched under 30 degrees. And then I got to a point where I was, as soon as I made contact, I was almost, I was trying to do the same thing where I would make contact and I would instantly try to close my eyes and not look at where it went. And I would guess what the launch was down to a 10th of a degree like I'd hit it and I'd say, okay, that, that was 30.7. That felt like I hit that one a little bit high on the face. That one went a little bit high um, or that one went really low. Like I hit that one so thin, that one's, you know, 22 degrees. Um, and it was amazing how good I got at doing that after working at it. And, uh, you know, if you follow somebody like Dr. Rob Gray, he would tell you all of those kind of things being, very differential in your practice and trying things like that helps you to understand what your body's doing, which is then going to help to in turn give you better 
club face control. What's so interesting with that, and I, I totally agree with what you're saying there, Lou. It's <laughs> funny. So the reason when launch monitors hit, I was able to play, we used to call it the launch monitor game. You know, I'm good on a launch monitor because <laughs> I can do what it wants. You know, the numbers that need to come out, I can make them come out. Is I did what Lou just said there. There's a much cheaper way without, Lou loves a bit of tech, doesn't he? Glasses, Bluetooth, go Love black. Love it. Guess there's, yeah. another, there's yeah. another way you can do that. I grew up hitting balls in nets. We had a practice area that you hit the ball up the first fairway. So there were plenty of days I weren't allowed to do that because there was a, a competition on. So I couldn't go and spray my balls up the first fairway. So I spent loads of times hitting balls in nets. You've got no idea where it goes. I built up high awareness, like real high level awareness of where my ball was going from what I felt was happening down at impact, which was why I was able to move those. Yeah, but I, I think you need to, I, I, I'm going to push back there a little bit. And I think you need feedback on that. I think just hitting into a net blindly. No, but um, no, no, you're for, wrong. So what happens? So th it's not that, so you hit into the net blindly, <clears throat> then you right. go and play. Does what I think coming out, coming out. Oh yeah, look, that's coming out. I felt like that batch was fading with that club. And look, yeah, it, it is. It would constantly confirm the feelings that I was having, basically. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be easier though if you had like I like loose tech idea? <laughs> if you just put on a <laughs> pair of goggles and then look up and go, there it is. Oh, yeah, see. there you go. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. You could have. I, two... I think Lou loves tech because he he builds them all himself. You so, could have two so, kids yeah. with a sheet. <laughs> And they stand like 20 yards apart. And as soon as you hit it, they jump up. So the sheet comes up. So you can't see where the ball goes. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah that'll be easy to they, set up. That shouldn't take too long. They could be connected via Bluetooth. <laughs> so that, and, and whose kids are these, by the way? <laughs> Not mine. Some, I'm worried for them. <laughs> Speaking of creating things, I have two, uh, two different <laughs> training aids that are uh, in prototype mode right now for inventions. So... I yeah. thought you always had two different training yeah, in prototype mode. It's a permanent two. He's not happy because he's got two constantly rolling yeah. over. At least yeah. two. Um, At least. But yeah, I mean, practice, uh, practicing in nets is a great way of doing that and yeah, then trying I, to I, get I, the confirmation. Yeah, I want to ask Greg this. Does that make sense, yeah. to your point? Yeah, you I know. You get the confirmation because you then go and put it into practice. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I could see why, you know, you doing that on days where you couldn't practice and when the fairway was closed and how that was helpful. And I wouldn't want you hitting those 225 yard poppers of the first fairway either. So, because <laughs> the other thing that's good, you must have done this, Greg. So you giggle to yourself there, Lou. Me and, me and Greg are having a cup of coffee. <laughs> you have the, you guys have the adult conversation. I'll be over here in the corner. <laughs> um, I really like with students, I don't know if you've done this or do it yourself, is going, turning all the screens off with the launch monitor. So inside and tell, getting them to hit a 40 yard pitch. Can you hit a 40 yard pitch? Can you hit a 47 yard pitch? Can you hit a 62 yard pitch? It's amazing when you take the visuals away. So you're not out on a course, you haven't got the visual. You've taken the animation away. I put a cover over the machine so I, I can only see it on the iPad. I, I constantly see it, good players, they can find the number pretty quick. If you give them a reference point, so 42 yards, they hit the first one, 57 yards. You say that went 57 yards. They hit the next one. They start finding within like a five or seven or eight yard tolerance where lesser skilled golfers, you say hit one 42 yards, you take all the visuals away. They look at you like, well, well this is ridiculous. How am I meant to yeah. even do that? Well, you think, well, how can you think that's ridiculous? Think about when you play your shot, you have the visual, 
But that visual disappears as soon as you look at the ball. You're basically trying to recall that visual as quick as possible while you hit your shot. And studies have shown that people's visuals degrade very quickly when they stop looking at what the target is. So it's it's such a great skill to get people to do to try and get that's club face control because basically that's loft strike and speed because speed control is another part of, of club face control. Uh, that's a great thing to do with students. It amazes you how um, as you go down the handicap list, like you can go forty seven yards and you get some seventy and eighty yard ones coming out, and you think, okay, mm. <laughs> we might be in the backwater here. Yeah. yeah. Trouble. Greg, have you uh, have you spent any kind of time um, practicing in those ways? You know, guys like Rob Gray that that I've talked about a few times already. You know, he's not the only one that's out there studying skill acquisition and motor learning, and advancing that science and understanding how we can effectively learn things much better, much deeper, uh, much faster. Um, like, how does that to somebody at your level? Do you hear? about some of these ways to to try and increase your skill, which in golf is so much about controlling that club face. Do you hear these? And, and have you ever investigated any of them? Or do you hear these and go, eh, no, that never, not really for me. Like, what's your reaction um, to all this stuff? Yeah, I, I have. Um, but I would say there's been times in my career when I've been, like, really bought in and, like, how do I learn better and how do I do this better? Yeah. Um, and – and I've honestly, it's it's very very difficult because I, I've never seen like give you an example the focus band thing that I wear. Talk about technology, yeah. I can hit it out of bounds when that thing's just perfect, right? There's still the, the element of controlling the club face. What was going? What it's basically telling me is what's going on in my brain. I'm in a great state. That gave me it doesn't guarantee success, right? We know that it right. just gave me an increased sort of feeling of oh I feel warm and fuzzy here. Oh look, but I just hit it out of bounds. So, and that as a, when I was playing my best, I was like, I, I couldn't find something. I always searched for what was just impossible to find, which was what's going to actually guarantee success. And there wasn't something it was, and I didn't learn till later in my career. Now we're just looking to put you in a place that, that gives you a better chance, you know, to, to learn better or move better or be in a better state. So, yeah, but honestly, mate, there's people, that's why I love doing this pod. Sometimes I learn from you guys. And I don't, I don't know much about that. I really don't. And you'll be surprised the amount of high-level golfers. Some of them don't want to know some of this stuff. Oh, totally. You know, they just like, yeah, they they just like, no, man, I just, I, I, just dumb it down for me. They're doers. Yes, yes. And so you'll find someone like you have a, you know, a very open mindset when it comes to learning about golf and things like that. I remember you asked me once, do you know what? Just in a private chat, I think you asked, what's my dispersion on seven on? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to know. Right? <laughs> like, I just don't. Great like, I might find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I might find out that I think I'm awesome at it. And when I'm high functioning and really flushing it, I am awesome at it. And I don't want to know that I'm kind of average. So, and even though that might help me, it's kind of, it's a weird thing that we do. I don't know why we do it because it would help to know, hey, dude, you got room for improvement. But when I hit it in the water, I know I've got room for improvement. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's such a such a conundrum for golfers, but there's definitely a ton of pros, mate. That honestly, we don't think like you're thinking. That we just kind of just keep doing our thing and go. Oh. And probably a good some, thing. <laughs> <laughs> there are some that, and I see it is a future. Like it is, it's going to make things so much easier for learning and things like that down the line. But I know a lot of high little golfers that are just dumbing it down as much as they can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. They absolutely do. 
Um, and club face control definitely is something that I see amateurs not practicing enough. I see people kind of hit certain positions, but not relating it in any way to club face. So um, Greg asked earlier some good ideas for club face control, looking at start direction, looking at launch angle. So your open faces, as a general rule, will have more loft, depending on how you do your open face. Most people do add loft. Um, and then also as well, strike's an interesting one. I just think I still see strike absolutely fooling people with club face. I can put my dad in this bracket, other amateurs that I play with, they hit a certain shot, it fades. They say, oh, my face was open then. Well, it started up the right for one. He's left-handed as well, Greg. He's the other one. He's, he started up the right. Um, so if you if you did strike it all right, that means the club face was closed to zero. So it wasn't open. It was open to a path doesn't like that term he doesn't get that term so you're not allowed to say that term um <laughs> and he and, and he necked it so i just think when they started oh, yeah. the right because that part of the face is pointing right bruh like come on dad oh dude um, we got to get my so, dad with your dad because yeah. honestly so he, he hits 30 yard cuts his whole life <laughs> with a seven iron it's like he wore the heel out on a wooden driver like three of them are just the heel is worn out yeah love it so, so my dad <laughs> yeah. then stands there demoing his takeaway to get the face more hooded because that'll give him his jaw and he's he's just necked it like what are you doing dad but i don't you know it's, it's sometimes, if only he knew a decent coach. Sometimes <laughs> it's, it's easier just to say, yeah, keep, keep, keep doing that, Dad. Keep doing that. That'll work. Because I've been to tour events where the guy necks it and the woman necks it. I've been to LET events, European tour. It was called the NDP World Tour now. Um, and they're practicing a demo move related to face. And I just think, well, you've just healy cut that. Like, are you really... Like, are you really doing that? Like, it, it, so it's not just amateurs. Their awareness is way higher, but strike still trips up the best players. They don't work it into start oh, yeah. direction, and it. That's one of the Absolutely. things. I just, I, I, I could film every lesson I do, even now and years when I was teaching full time. It was like that was strike, that was strike. I used to say to people, if you miss hit it. It'll probably go offline. Okay. So if you miss it offline, that's a problem, but everyone misses it. If you strike it offline, let's fix those ones, unless the miss hit is like destroying you. Does that make any sense? So people would hit Healy cut, right. Healy cut, hit one out the middle and it draws. And they go, see, my swing's never the same. One's the face is open. No, the delivery. <laughs> That was just three heels and one slight middle toe, which then drew back. It's like, come on, you've got to work striking. So for anyone listening, club race control, you've got to base it off some level of strike. Otherwise, if you're just going to be getting in such a mess. So think about basic rules. If you hit out a heel, it'll tend to fade. If you hit out a toe, it'll tend to draw. If you hit out the bottom, it'll start lower and spin up. If you hit out the top, It'll start higher and then maybe flatten out a little bit more. There's your basic rules. Work them into your practices when you're thinking about club face control because it won't always be the angle you delivered the face. Because I play an interesting game, Lou. I don't know if you've ever played this game where you can you change strike without changing path and face. Yeah, I'm, I That's mess around with that. That's a great game to play. Such a yeah, fun I game do. to play that is with students because it blows their heads off. 
Yeah, I, I try to do things like that. I also try to, um, I mess around quite a bit. So I, I do a lot of things um, you know, from the Adam Young uh, yeah. approach where I'm intentionally trying to hit different parts of the face. Right. Um, I will also do things like, uh, you know, set up with a closed stance um, and then try to hit a cut from a closed stance. I'll try to hit a draw from an open stance. Um, I'll try to hit a, a cut off the toe, um, yeah. which is really fun to try and do. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I just mess around. I'm, I'm constantly trying different things and, and I'll do things where I, uh, I'll move strike all over the face. So I'll start way out on the toe. And then if you've played, uh, you know, the leapfrog game when you're putting or chipping where you hit one and then try to hit the, the next one just a little bit farther and a yeah, little bit yeah. farther. I do the same thing with strike where I start way out on the toe and I and I try to get the next one a little bit closer and then a little bit closer. And I see how many shots I can get before I, you know, before I, I fail at the task. Yeah, that's um, great. And that's doing all those things really, really helps in yeah. my opinion. And the thing is, Greg, is that <laughs> you... Uh, I did it. You would have done it and did it better than me. We did all these things as kids. We just weren't able to articulate what we're doing. How many times as kids have oh, you yeah, tried yeah, to get yeah, it I'm under sure. that branch and draw it? Can I get it under that branch and fade it? Can I get it over that tree and turn it? Can I get over that tree and cut it? You learned very quickly as a young person, wouldn't have been able to articulate it, that it's pretty hard to fade a wedge. Like they don't fade, do they? Because they're just generally <clears> pointing way left because of the loft. But it's damn easy to hook a wedge. Bubba says it always in that shot at Augusta. The fact that he was left-handed made that shot so much easier for him. It was a wedge, and he just snap up. <laughs> Who can't? I can snap hook a wedge. You just lower the handle, get the face closed. Oh, it's an easy it's shot. Hard in the as world. possible. I would have hit that yeah. shot at Augusta as a right. <laughs> yeah, but as a right-hander <laughs> trying to fade it the amount yeah. that he drew it is not happening with the loft that he's got in his hand. It's just literally not, not going to no. happen. You're going to no. have to blitz over it um so you learn all these things as kids by playing silly games that you play because you're doing what lou's doing in his garage now as a 62 year old we were doing it <laughs> 62, 62. <laughs> congratulations yeah i'm gonna retire soon yeah we even close. you get half price movies and coffee well done yeah we were doing it as kids, basically. We just wouldn't have been able to go, that face was too close to the path and those kind of things. Um, so that kind of experiment with face is the best. And again, Lou says it, I, I totally agree, Lou. Um, when it comes to working with club face with students, like I was saying earlier, I just try to get them to understand how to get it close to the path and open to a path. Once they can do that with any kind of regularity, I don't care if it's target, but the ball is shaping the way it needs to shape, you then can start fine-tuning. You get someone who's a serious slicer, like they just slice every shot they hit, just getting them to hit two or three draws like that. You just see the light bulbs in their head. Like just it just they're just like, wow, I've never done that. The fact that it's gone 50 yards left, they often don't care. They just fact that they're seeing right. it move the other way. It's like right now, look, let's get it. Keep moving it that way. But how do we start it to the right? Uh, I don't know. Well, you could aim right. Might be one. You know, you could try and get your path moving out to the right. So when that face is closed to it now, it's still open to the zero and it starts like they start self-discovering. But if you're only having a face open to a path, there's no self-discovery there. You're just grinding one movement, basically. So experimenting with face is the best way to get control of the face. Biggest things golfers yeah. don't do on ranges is experiment. They go and practice perfect. Oh, please. They go yeah. and practice please perfect. Do. Like 
I don't. I I have a time mm. of practicing perfect in inverted commas for people who can't see, as in my version of what I think is perfect. But I have plenty of time in every practice sessions that I do where I'm practicing imperfect. I'm punching a seven iron ten yards in the air. I'm trying mm. to hit my driver as hard as possible because I want my speeds to go up. I'm hitting chip shots, trying to get it to go high, mid, and low with one loft. I'm doing my standard, my perfects, but I'm constantly putting experiment in there, and you'll find good practices are doing that. Um, get experiment. Please do it. Yeah, they don't do they, Greg? Mm. They just they they want to. They no, I, I find. Perfect, I had a guy. I had a, a lesson recently. I had a lesson recently, and it was a slicer. And uh, we had a uh, pull a seven iron out, and we're just goofing around. I said, let's just experiment and. And I said, I just want to see you snap hook this. We're yeah. on a range. I said, yeah. nothing bad's going to happen to you. I said, I just want you to start this. You know, don't go, okay, we start it. Just make this thing turn from right to left. Yeah. And I think after about 10 balls, he was hitting this nice little three yard draw. And I'm like, isn't that okay? Yeah. And, but it was interesting. The thought that he had to hook it made that the student just didn't want to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shut the face. Just shut the f- Nothing yeah. bad's going to happen. Yeah. Turn yeah. it over. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's incredible, and it's it's face control. It's really important. If you can move at big distances, then we can start to work on little ones. So, well, the thing uh-huh. is with that, like that's that. a great example of that student, and that's what I mean about both sides of the story. Let's say they're slicing everything, and you get them hooking, which then gives them a functional draw. Well, that's fine. You don't like that. But now, in theory, we could halve your slice, and hopefully anyone listening knows, and if you don't, here's a little golden nugget for you. The less curvature you put on your shots, the longer they will go. So if you put less curvature on your shots, as a general rule, they're going to go further. It's a massive power leak if you've got big curvature in your shots. So if you can reduce the amount of curvature by getting them to hit gentle draws, which in their theory is a hook swing, well, you could say to them, well, while, okay, rather than do your hook swing, let's do a gentle jaw swing. And that gives them a four-yard cut rather than a 20-yard cut. And you go, okay, there's right. a four-yard cut, less curvature. You've probably got more chance of keeping that on the planet, and it'll go further. I don't care that we call it your jaw swing. That four-yard cut is now what you're playing with. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it was re- it's really cool to see when you – like something that I, like, I just can't – just standing there doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. If you don't like what you're seeing and you're striking it out of the middle, I'm like, well, let's just experiment. Like move that club face around as it goes down through the bottom and see if you can shut it down if you want to do that. Yeah. Hook a couple. Yeah. Nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. And um, you might find something out that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and that's the truth. That's the thing. You find stuff. That's what good players, good practices I call them because it's not always good players because you could be a 20 handicapper so in theory, we're not going to call a 20 handicapper a good player. I don't mean to be rude, like you are a good player, but as in you're not a tall player. But you can be a good 20 handicapper, if that makes sense. As in, you know, you started when you were 60 and you're 63 and you haven't got much movement. Well, 20 handicap's a good handicap. So you can be a good 20 handicapper. You can be a good tall player. You can yep. be a good 30 handicapper because there's some juniors out there who can't hit it further than 50 yards and they're good 30 handicappers. Um, so, you, you know, you can be a better version of yourself with club face control. It doesn't matter what handicap you are. There is ways of getting more control of that face and being a better version of a, so from a 20 handicapper to an 18, you know, that's a massive improvement for some people. So yeah, club face control is king. Lou, you've got club face control now because you're swinging it so slow. You must even be able to see it at the ball, <laughs> wasn't you? <laughs> 
It's a lot <laughs> better than it used to be. I will say there's real much. advantages to watching impact, isn't there? <laughs> Unfold in front advantages. of you. <laughs> yeah. Not not like missing the that is one of them, isn't it, Lou? Not yeah. missing the that is always a good <laughs> It's always a good first start. But yes, my club face control is massively different than it used to be. And um it is all through what I what you called being a good practicer. Yeah. Um and trying yeah. all of these things um has helped me to get much better awareness and and with the way that you know Jason had worked with me. I've made so many um, changes to how my swing would look on video, um, massive changes. Like you can't even, I, I recently sent him a video of the very first swings I sent him um, when we started working together side by side with recent ones. And the difference is huge. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and He's a good not, coach. He's just a Yeah. Good and not one time did he right. tell me you need to move you know, your, your, your right shoulder needs to get a little bit higher a little bit sooner. He, he never once told me that he had me uh, achieve all of these things through, through intent. practice yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and intent mm -hmm. and, and measuring things like launch angle of the ball or, or you know, other things. And, and it was a uh, pretty, pretty cool. It was yeah. an amazing process. Well, you get a good coach with a good practicer and that is a very good mix at the end of the day. Yeah. That's and the kind of perfect mix that you want. Um, there you go. Club face control. Yes, it's important. Yes, Lou has some. Greg says he hasn't got any, but me and Lou are just going to... Yeah, yeah, I don't buy that. That's <laughs> just Mr. Mr. Modest that is best. Yes. I get a little yes. bit of sick in my throat when he says things like that, Lou, do you? Yeah. I'll well, keep going then. If that's the case, <laughs> I'll keep going. Yeah. Multi-sport athlete. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I can do anything. Yeah, absolutely. Anything. Good luck with your club face control, everybody. If you've got any more questions about club face control, maybe hit us up in our social channels and if you want us to cover any other things in the podcast just hit us up in our social channels and we can answer your questions these we filmed two episodes tonight this being the second one and they're both from questions from our great audience thanks for listening everybody and we'll catch you in the